Welcome to the Community Health Alliances podcast brought to you by Monarch Healthcare Management as a donation to Care Resource Connection. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Coring, Fire Chief for the City of St. Louis Park. And I'm Amy Looked, the CEO of Care Resource Connection. And today we are focusing our attention with the podcast on the folks who are really at the tip of the spear, who are doing the work and really helping us understand where our largest challenges are within the communities. And that's the firefighters who are doing this important work of building the referrals into the Community Health Alliance's database. So today we are fortunate to have uh, from the St. Louis Park Fire Department, Captain Mark Nelson. We have a firefighter, Chad Schneider, and we have a firefighter, Joe Lawrence. And so we welcome them to the podcast. Um, and what I thought we'd do is just kind of talk a little bit about this program and the impact it's having, not only on the community, but to the firefighters and the fire department. How does this, how does this sit and how does it feel to be a firefighter doing this kind of work in the community? Maybe I'll start with you, Mark. Uh, so Captain Nelson, maybe tell us a little bit about how you, how you feel about this work. Well, so one of the things that we identified a long time ago and, and I did and, and others did in our career was, you know, we're out in the field trying to help people out. And it got to a certain point where there was nothing else that we could really do, but there were things that needed to get done. And that was very frustrating to me. And I know it was for other firefighters. And so this really allowed us another avenue to continue that help in a non-emergent way, uh, meaning they don't necessarily have to call 911 to get the help. And I found that uh, really uh, appealing. I, I thought that it was a great thing that we could offer um, because all we want to do is, I think, get out and, and help people out. That's why we signed up to do this. Um, that's Then that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, and kind of like what Captain Nelson was saying, um, with fire and EMS, it's not, it's more reactive. We get called out to something, something's already happened. But now with this program, it's a way of, we're already in someone's house, but maybe they have needs that we can help them out with, some grab bars or something else that'll prevent another call from happening. So I look at it as a way of being proactive as well. Yeah, and uh, coming from big cities, small cities, and in the ambulance, it's just it's nice to see the right resources being sent to uh, the right type of person. So that's that's one thing that I think's been missing from a lot of the equation for a, a long, long time. So, well, I would uh, you know I'd like to say that uh, you know we've figured out everything right, but every day we're we're surprised by a, a, maybe a challenge we hadn't seen before or a patient who has, who has needs that are, you know, uh, con continuing to be more unique or, or even more complex, right? So do you think that the, the, the fire department is the right place to direct this energy? Is it, do you think that the fire department is the right person to be identifying these problems within the community? I would say so because we're already there. Uh, and that's a unique uh, thing within my understanding of and my experience within city government is you pick up the phone 
you call 911 and we show up at your door in three to five minutes uh, to, you know, work to solve your problem. That's what you called us for. And so we're, you know, because we're there and you don't get that kind of response from most of city government, uh, we're, they're not there as quickly as we are. And, and then we have some unique skill sets uh, and unique experiences to draw upon that help us identify, you know, some needs that people have. And doing this for a long time, and I might be skipping ahead, but there are, um, we're using, I think, uh, it's a saying that I took from somebody else, we're using our experience guided by our intelligence uh, or our intelligence guided by experience to identify things that uh, other people don't necessarily see. Uh, and the customer doesn't necessarily see uh, when they're living their day-to-day -day life, you know, uh, and just just getting around, going by, getting, getting through life, and they don't see these gaps and how things could be a little better. Absolutely. Um, I remember uh, just going back a little bit when I first came here and uh, was in front of the, the fire department, going over the training and, and talking about how you as that trusted messenger going into being that first responder, responding to that ask for help and trusting your gut. You, you know your community, you know um, uh, a lot of these people, they're your neighbors. Um, for some there and for others, you, you've been there more than you know once or twice. And so when the question that uh, we trained on was, are you open and willing to accept help? And that was to open the door to uh, starting that that conversation. And at first, it you know, a lot of people ask, well, is that really the only question that you need to ask? And I wanted to talk a little bit about how how that impacts you while you're on scene and, and when you're asking that question, um, you know, how that's really impacting your work in this program. So, one, you know, one of the things that I that I do uh, is, you know, we get toned out on a on a on a call, and so we get that information uh, right away. Where where are we going? Uh, again, because we see people often, uh, we recognize addresses. We know the names as we're getting in the, the uh, engine or the rescue or the quint to go see these people. We know who we're going to see. We know the situation. Uh, if we don't uh, know those people just because we've been there often, uh, for me, uh, I'm looking at the call. Uh, I'm looking at the address where we go. Obviously, those things. Where are we going? When we arrive, um, I'm starting to look at the condition of the house. Um, has it been shoveled? Uh, has it been mowed? What's the condition of the exterior of the house? Uh, you know, there are shingles missing. There are there's soffit and fascia that are missing. There's there's woodpecker holes. Uh, there's damage to the outside of the house. It's a good indication that if the outside of the house, if there are things happening on the outside, the inside isn't going to be a lot better. Uh, and so then we get inside and we start talking with the, the patient, the customer, and you start taking in the bigger picture of what's going on inside. Um, uh, papers, stacks of papers. Um, 
thing you can't use, you can't sit on furniture. Uh, you can't utilize uh, stuff in the kitchen. The, the functional areas are not functional anymore. Um, that is a clear indication for me that, hey, there's a way that we, it's an easy sell to say, hey, there we've got some people that we could get in contact with you. It's a phone call, doesn't cost anything. It's just more people from the fire department reaching out after we leave. We're gonna take care of what we can right now. And then uh, it's usually very easy to, yeah, I, I, that, yes, I could use some help. Uh, or uh, there might be a little reluctancy and then the selling part is a little more, hey, there's no fee for this. You know, it doesn't cost anything. It's just a phone call. Oh, okay, well, you know, and then it's a matter of uh, continuing the gathering of information. Hey, if there's, you know, an emergency and I can't talk to you, who would I call? Oh, well, I've got a son or daughter that lives in the area and I start getting that information, name, phone numbers. And then there's the opportunity to reach out to those people and say, hey, did you know that we were here for this or we've actually been in this house a few times? No, I didn't know any of that was going on. Okay, because they don't want to be bothersome, quote unquote, to family members. Uh, and that's a very common thing, uh, theme, I would think. I think you guys have yeah. seen and experienced that. Yeah, so what would you would you just elaborate on what you're seeing and doing, if you don't mind? Yeah, I've noticed that most people are pretty accepting of us offering help. Um, I think that comes with the brand that we have as being the fire department, that people trust us, you know, and if we say, hey, is there anything that we can help you with? They're, they're open to that. Um, I haven't really seen too many people that aren't willing to accept the help, especially if we, we pitch it to them, you know, like, Hey, it is free. It's, it's just a phone call. It's not going to take up too much of your time. So I've had all good experiences with it. I'm usually unable to finish the question. They're already providing me their personal information or, or uh, some contact info and stuff. So, um, I think most of these people, they need extra help. And it's not going to be provided through the basic 911 service or the ER that they're being brought to on some occasions. So they're more than willing to sign up for it. And, and I think, you know, the program kind of speaks for itself. So. So, so do you feel you kind of started this discussion with that, with that, the mindset of we used to sit around the table and ask, when is somebody going to do something for this person? Right. We've been there five times. When is somebody going to do something? So, do you think that's transformed, you know, those conversations that shift change around, you know, the patient discussion instead of talking about nobody's doing anything to, you know, here's what we're doing, here's what happened, uh, and feeling better about how you're making a difference? Well, I, I, when I compare it to what I've seen with other service areas, other agencies and stuff, it, 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 for me, it absolutely does do that because when I work in those other territories, um, I'm left wondering what's going to happen to this person. Or in some instances, we're trying to figure out, you know, as a smaller fire department or other agency, how do we in our own personal time try and figure some of this stuff out? I, I know speaking to some of the firefighters here, um, they were purchasing clothing and, and undergarments for uh, a person that, you know, was in need of just some basic things um, where now with this program, we, we, the firefighters have somewhere to turn in addition to getting that help for the patient. So if we think about this, 
Um, we talked to other fire departments. I talked to other fire chiefs about this work. Do you think that there's, you know, sometimes it's, as you talk to fire departments or firefighters, it's kind of other duties as assigned. And is this really work that we should be doing? It seems what I'm hearing from you is that this is work that firefighters should do, can do. Um, how do we talk to other other fire departments who are listening right now to this podcast from around the Midwest or whatever our listening area is, how would you describe to them the value of this to just the firefighter culture? I, I don't know if I want to write job descriptions for the, the fire service. Um, but what I will tell you is in my time, you know, we, we started out not wanting to go to medicals years ago. Um, it's a changing industry, and, and I think it ties back to that uh, one of the first questions that, you know, we're problem solvers, and, and we have a, there's a problem right now, and with our track record, you know, it, we don't go to as many fires as we used to, and that's not because, you know, the public got better on their own. The fire service did a great job of tracking some of the issues and educating the public and making sure, you know, whatever causes of fires were reduced. Um, I think there's an opportunity here for the fire service to jump on board and do that. Like I said, I, some, a problem like this, I don't see a whole lot of other people even taking, making an attempt to. So somebody's got to do it. And yeah, I, I do think fire department is a good place to start. If there were uh, questions in other firefighters' minds about, you know, just think back. I think back to the, boy, I wish there was something else we could do. And, you know, they just we leave and we get back in the rig and we're on to the next call. And uh, you get back to and you're doing the report now and you're thinking back, geez, I really wish there was something else we could do. I mean, but there's just I don't have anywhere to turn. I don't know where to go. Now we do. Now I do have someplace else to go. Now I do have another step. There's some place for me to go. Uh, and that actually, I think that's pretty important is that I feel good about, I have the ability for someplace else to go. I've got, I have somebody to reach out to, uh, to get this person help um, for them. Maybe uh, they're reluctant. Well, that's okay. But you know, now I need a little help. So I have somebody to reach out to um, for them, be their advocate a little bit, uh, where somebody might not be able to, or they don't want to reach out, uh, necessarily, or they're reluctant. But I, again, I, I don't think there's any, there doesn't seem to be any downside to this. I, I don't see any downside to it. There are challenges, but you know, but it, there's no downside to it. I look at uh, this program as being part of the community risk reduction model overall within uh, the fire service, within your fire departments. And my, my goal as the CEO of Care Resource Connection is to take this program and, and prove that this is definitely uh, a piece that is needed within the fire service. Um, every community should have a care coordinator that the fire department can connect to that can reach out to the community and connect them to resources. Um, you know, and whether it's a, a local nonprofit or whatever entity, that nonprofit needs to be able to support the fire department and, and the community as a whole and understand that 
you are the trusted messengers. You are the face of the community. Their role is to just continue to put their arms around and bring bring in the, the community to connect to each other and be able to connect that right resource at the right time. So let me ask you this question because um, in our community, there's a, you know, as, as people outside the community are, are sitting at home tonight, having dinner and watching the, the six o'clock news and kind of living in this, uh, this idea that we live in a pretty nice community. We have a very safe community. What are things that are happening out there? What are challenges that you see with this? You know, we know that our, our population's aging, that's it's rapidly aging. We know that uh, there are a number of issues and concerns within the community related to just, you know, social economic, uh, social determinants of health, social economic issues and challenges. What would people be surprised to know? What do you see as firefighters every day that, that, uh, that raise kind of your spider senses a little bit to say, boy, we need to figure this out, right? What would they be surprised to know about? I think that uh, it's happening on every street, uh, every apartment building, one of your neighbors is in need. They are in this situation. Uh, you, you don't see it from, you don't see it necessarily. It's just like a, uh, um, and maybe a, a not a great example is like hoarding houses, trash houses, uh, that hoarding type behavior. Uh, they are all over the place. And you'd be shocked. I mean, it, it's, it is your neighbor. Um, we see that regularly. Uh, so it is your neighbors. And the other thing, you know, for me personally is uh, um, I see the future on the calls that we go on. So for me personally, when I look at um, my family, I see the future for them. I see the future for myself. And I think about things that I want to prepare for myself to take care of my family the best that I can, to be proactive when I can be. Um, so that that's changed my outlook a lot on things when I'm with my in-laws who are aging and they need help. I'm now the caregiver uh, for them. In addition to when I'm here at work, um, my wife and I do that. We help them out with little things, big things, you name it. Um, but that's on, you, you have that on every corner. And I think when I started uh, in the fire service, uh, a healthcare facility was a hospital, a doctor's office possibly, you know, a, a nursing home or care facility in an industrialized area. Uh, it's not uncommon now to have these healthcare facilities just in converted townhomes, uh, apartments, uh, and even in the single family dwellings in the residential neighborhoods. So to not have somebody, you know, some oversight with that, that, you know, as a firefighter, when I walk into one of those facilities and go, that doesn't look right and come back to the station and go, all right, do I contact the MDH? Do I talk to my chief? Do I talk to my captain? To, to just have a, the ability to send an email to our, our community health coordinator and say something didn't seem right. And maybe it, it, it was perfectly fine, but another set of eyes should look at it. Um, it just, it's just been a, a great opportunity. And, and that's one of the things that I see at least future wise is 
I don't think healthcare facilities are going back to brick and mortar buildings. They're expanding out into the residential neighborhoods and we don't even know it's happening. That's extremely, extremely important for communities to understand, right? That a lot of us have tried to find a way to, all of us want to live in our homes as long as we can. And so we try to create a process by which that can happen. And a lot of times our sons and daughters are caring for us uh, as this population ages. Now we have senior citizens caring for even older senior citizens. And how many times that you have responded do you find a senior citizen caregiver who's actually struggling more than the patient itself? Uh, and so you end up with two referrals at one place, right? I've experienced that multiple times. Um, and, and it is, uh, you know, the, the selling, the way to sell that then is, um, here's what we can do to help you help them. Um, you're here taking care of our mom and dad, but, but yet you need some help. So we're, we can also help you help them. All right. By us helping you that, that you know, it's kind of a roundabout way of, of saying that, and it's a mouthful, but. Uh, the point is to help this person, but we're helping you as well. Well, we've reached a, a kind of the end of our program today, but uh, first of all, I want to thank as your chief, I want to thank you for all the work you do in this community. Um, I think that other fire chiefs and other firefighters who are listening to this should, should really take a moment to reflect on their role as a community risk reduction manager within their community and to and find a pathway to at least explore this discussion, not only with their firefighters, but with their community. And, uh, and we just appreciate, this community appreciates everything you do. And, and I know Joe Lawrence, uh, as union president, we appreciate the fact that you support this work within the body that, uh, that this department uh, is run by, and hopefully other unions can, uh, can explore that same conversation with their members. So thank you again for everything you do and uh, the community appreciates it. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. you for your service. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.